Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm Samantha Mullet, one of your hosts. And next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Fucking hate you. <laughs> so you knew I was much. gonna do it. I hate you. Who <laughs> knew I was gonna do it? God, you're the worst. I'm not. I'm funny. <sighs> That's really funny. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> You'll never know because I deleted what the reference. So that was right now why we're laughing. That's a joke just for us, which is exactly what you want to have on a podcast. The reason why I was being so <laughs> anal about this opening was because I had something for the opening, which is going to end up being like Matt White having A.A. Milne for the first episode of A Rockcast at this point. But it's not just the couch. It's an A couch because it's not the couch. This is not our usual couch we're on. We're on the other couch. We're on the couch we used to get uh, deported to <laughs> when my parents were both here. <laughs> I still get deported. Yes, you do, yes. Yes, we, we did some furniture rearrangement, and our good old console loveseat got the, the cup boot. cup holders and everything. The cup holders. It's, just, and it's out in the garage right now. It's all sad and alone. Probably no plotting its revenge it. against us. We should yeah. go record in the garage on the couch. It's hot as fuck. No, fuck man. that. No, I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, so we're on our, our actual sofa, which Jillian's over the moon for because she can just stretch out mm-hmm. and, and doesn't have to be like on our lap. She cuddles up next to us, and I like it. I like it. I mean, I also like having that separation between myself and whoever else is next to me, but. I'm coping with it. I'm making do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's April 25th, 2022. Uh, if you're new here, we talk about our lives. We talk about the random things that go on in it before we discuss a random movie that we watch from our massive movie collection. And, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is a big one. It's a big one. What? Why you I mean? just remember something we were supposed to do and we didn't do it. What? For house preparation? Yes. What? Clean the patios. Oh. Well... Tough titty. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't get a chance to do it. Yep. And nope. I just don't trust the weather. When when was I going to do that? Yeah. Nope. Sorry. I just remembered it. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> if someone walks into my house and's like, I don't want to live here because the patio is dirty. Well, you just never grew up in Florida, you fuck. And Max should have remembered. Um, what I was getting at was this is a special episode in many different ways. Number one, this is one of our most anticipated movies that we've watched. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, because it's mm. the winner of the 2021 Mullet Award for movie we should have watched. Um, it's also, this episode is airing right after our ninth wedding anniversary. We, are, we will be in Key West when this airs, not knowing what my name is, <laughs> is what I'm banking on. Um, no, I mean, don't you post this at like midnight on Wednesday? No, well, no. If people have noticed, I've actually been posting a little bit later. I've been posting it on Fridays oh. uh, because of just general apathy. I don't pay attention. Uh, <laughs> no, oh. just because I've just, that's when it's been, I've had the opportunity to edit is on Thursdays. So our new day is probably around Fridays. Um, so you can go in your weekend hot with your movie. It's when new movies come out. I was on Friday. So why should the new Married with movies not come out? Well, no, we did it because on Thursdays is typically, you know, they have the Thursday showings. 
you know, the midnight showing. No. And uh, that's when we would change the marquee. When Arcade Audio had like eight different shows, Thursdays was what was available. <laughs> that's what it was. And now Fridays was Pod Swoggles. So now we can just slide right into that, that hot Pod Swoggles uh, time slot on uh, the Meredith movie, on the uh, Arcade Audio calendar. That's what, that's what it is. All that hot Meredith movies crowd, that Pod Swoggle crowd. I've noticed in the past two days I haven't been able to generate the right words for what my brain is thinking. I think I'm regressing mentally as a human being. I think that you talk too much. You talk too much. And your brain... Oh boy, you never shut up. That's for me. Go ahead. Sorry. And your brain doesn't process fast enough. Right. But when you have a brain as large as I do as a white male um, and you... And most of the people listening. <laughs> oh, what I every episode. Finish your sentence. Huh? <laughs> How are you every I don't remember now. Every episode, I'm sure I say one or two things that if it's somebody's first time listening to this episode, they're like, "Oh, he's a pile of shit." Great. Um, yeah, it's so on brand. So I'm succeeding. Yeah, and what I'm doing. I think last episode, I swore on somebody's life that we will have watched the Batman, and we have not watched the Batman. <laughs> Because we've been way too busy. Uh, we watched this with our movie time last night as I was convalescing on the couch. Um, from being a little under the weather from the previous day's activities. That's all we'll get into there. Um, and we haven't had any other times to watch it or do anything else. Right. So No time. When we come back... We might do something. We maybe have watched The Batman. Well, may, may have done something. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Don't, don't hold us to it. I'm also just like prime TV time right now. I've, I have to watch Atlanta when it comes out. Barry just started, so I'm gonna watch the season uh, premiere of Barry as soon as we're done here. It just there's so much good shit. There's too much good shit to consume. Yeah, it's it's a hard life, and we have to work. Well, and also, and then when we do have time to watch TV with Jillian before she goes to bed, we can't watch Atlanta and Barry and stuff with her. We watch like the cooking shows and Survivor and stuff like that, which are equally as important. Equally as important. They're important. Equally as important. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to... No. Get... <laughs> you just want to get into it, huh? I just want to finish this episode. So, as I mentioned before, today's episode is Midsommar. Uh, the movie that won the 2021 Movie We Should Have Watched Award. I'll read the box now from Ari Aster, director of Hereditary... Let the festivities begin. Five stars, an expert piece of daylit terror, says Joshua Rothkopf. Time out, New York. That was very close. What? You stuttered over all of those. Wait, didn't I said an expert piece? I stuttered there, <laughs> seeing if I did or not. Uh, uh, the horror genre has found a new master of filmmaking, Ari Aster. You said, said of. The horror genre has found. I said. No, you said has found a new master of filmmaking, Ari Aster, but it's in filmmaker Ari Aster. Oh, god damn it, that's one. Okay, fine. Uh, Whitney Seibold, IGN. Whitney without an H. I hate that. Whitey? Uh, No, Whitney. It's Whitney, because there's an N there, but there's no H. No, it'd be Whitney still. It's just a... No, it wouldn't be Hua. It would be... I'm not doing this bit with you. After a family tragedy, a young American couple joins some friends at a midsummer festival in a remote Swedish village. What begins as a carefree summer holiday takes a sinister turn when the insular villagers invite their guests, that's a miracle I got through that, to partake in festivities that grow increasingly unnerving and viscerally disturbing. From the visionary, that's, that's another one, from the visionary mind of Ari Aster, hereditary, comes this dread-soaked cinematic fairy tale where a world of darkness unfolds in broad daylight. It's two. I, I was banking there would be at least one here. Oof. Then it was going to be verbose and ridiculous. Um, so, I, I wish I had the time to go back. Actually, it didn't happen on the episode. I wish I just had a time machine so I could go back no. and record you both audio and visual. After we watched the Red Terry for the first time. We talked about Why? it on the show, and we did. Because it was one of the most visceral and amazing reactions I've ever seen a human being have to anything in my entire life. Um, and how deeply affecting that movie got to you. 
so because of that, this has been built up. And granted, this was the movie that was nominated against Hereditary. And I had seen Midsommar in theaters because of the reputation of Hereditary. And had not actually seen Hereditary until we watched it together. Um, and I believe when I watched Midsommar, which has been since the podcast has started at some point, I said like, oh man, you will absolutely not dig this <laughs> in terms of like an experience. So all that said... Completely different movie. It's a completely different movie. It's a completely, completely different, different movie. movie, and it has completely different triggers. Absolutely. But you made this, you made it through Midsommar. With no panic attacks. With no panic attacks, no tears. Yeah, well. Unscathed. Oh, you, did, you, did you? In front of you. I mean. Oh, what, what, what happened? No, I just, you know, still reflecting on it, and I think it was more the dread that I felt after watching Hereditary and thinking it would be the same Mm -hmm. or similar after watching this. Um, You know, still painful. I think Hereditary was more painful throughout the movie. It's a consistent pain. A consistent pain. And this had, well, consistent pain and a consistent trigger for me. Mm -hmm. This had... A specific moment that they kind of went back to a few times, but it didn't hurt as badly. Sure. That's the best way I could say it. Okay. Um, obviously, the family tragedy in this is her sister killing herself and, and her, her parents, parents um, in a gruesome way. Mm-hmm. Um, not gory gruesome, just gruesome gruesome. And that was painful for me. That almost brought me to tears, but then... And that happens before the credit sequence. Yeah, and it happens before the... the first ten minutes Right off the bat, and the pain that... that Danny goes through and exhibits. I mean, Mm -hmm. Florence Pugh is... Just writing her down now. Amazing. She's as good as Tony Collette was in Hereditary in this movie to me. She's she's that fucking good. She's one of the best actresses and just to think of all the different kinds of roles I've seen her in in the last few years just that like she screams and you feel it in your toes like Mm -hmm. the pain that she's going through and her reactions her hysteria that really hurt me and I'm starting to tear up like recounting it Ooh, if it happens on the show that'd be great but that but but that happened and then it stops and then the movie starts like because Because that's all like a... a, a, It's like a preface. It's a a, a preamble. Yes. And it sets the tones for like what... What happens later. And it gets called back to, but I don't think in the same... The same... Definitely not in the same way as in Hereditary. And and so I think it's unfair. I, I think the only comparison that you can make between these two films is the brilliance of Ari Aster. Mm hmm. But I think that they're two, and the grief that they deal with, like that permeates the movie and permeates the characters. But they're two completely different movies, even from a visual standpoint. Hereditary is very dark, and Mm -hmm. this movie is very bright, almost blindingly so in some of the sequences. Yeah, purposefully because it's 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 broad light terror. Um, And this one also, so grief permeates throughout it, but. Ultimately, this movie is about the dissolution of a of a bad relationship, which is what Ari Aster was going through in real life when he wrote this movie. In case you couldn't tell, um, and that grief stricken moment that we discussed at the beginning is a through line to the other kind of sickening theme or sickening resolution that this movie has, which is, I've noticed been a thing in body horror and like, like, like art house horror lately is that like find the family that you need. Cause it's the same thing that happened in Teton that I talked about was like that movie is ultimately. Nobody else talking about Teton. Nobody else talking about this woman fucking a car. <laughs> That's talked... the family you need. Uh, I don't think I shared the story with you or even the audience. So when I was in Ohio uh, with, like, my cousins and my mom and my aunt and stuff, 
like we were talking about like weird messed up movies and I referenced Titan, a couple of my cousins had also seen it and we were trying to like discuss it without really saying what it was and my aunt's like what is this and I go it's about a woman fucking a car and her and her mom my mom's reaction was amazing uh, but as I was explaining the movie to them I was like it's a movie about finding your family um, but this is ultimately kind of that same thing right like at the end of it she has been torn down and traumatized to a point where the only thing the only people that are echoing her echoing her emotions the people that are sympathizing the people that are putting her up on a pedestal the people who are supporting her are or unfortunately this better term pagan cult um i don't i say that in case i ever meet somebody that is gonna invite me to one of these things uh so i cannot go but it's kind of sick and twisted in that at the end of the movie i it's one of the most amazing to me final shots in a movie very similar to uh, clockwork orange of that moment of like twisted ecstasy of her mm-hmm. being happy <laughs> and to what she's experiencing, what she's seeing is fucking just gorgeous it's like and a brilliant relief. and great. Right. And it, like, you, but like you kind of are like, Oh, good for her. But then you're like, no, not now. No, <laughs> like she's the one who chose that. Yeah. Too. She's the one that chose to, to sentence her, her Ex-boyfriend. admittedly awful boyfriend to burn in a bear outfit in a, in a, triangle uh, temple. temple with eight other people, two of which are still alive, the other which have all already been killed. Um, so what I just said right there, <laughs> this is without question one of the most fucked up movies from beginning to end ever. But it's not fucked up in a way that I feel like we've seen a lot of these like bad movies, like like dollar store movies or, right. or right, right, right. horror movies that are trying to be about something or not. Like this movie is so meticulously crafted with both its screenplay, its direction and its cinematography and its production design, but also its theming and its foreshadowing that there's so many moments of payoff. I enjoyed this so much more than the first time I watched it. And I loved it the first time I watched it, but I, I came back and I was like, I think it's just the first time of, like, seeing it from out the gate. I saw this in theaters by myself with, like, five or six other crazy white dudes. Um, and That seems to be a theme for you when you go to movies by yourself. Yeah, it's normally movies that that's other white dudes are like, oh, I guess no, no one's going to go with me. <laughs> the movie just felt like it kind of, like, backslapped me of just, like, what the fuck did I experience? Because also, it wasn't marketed, like, what it was going to be. I kind of knew what I was getting into because of how people were talking about Hereditary and the reputation that it had. But, like, A24, this was kind of, like, a pretty wide release as a summer movie. They kind of, like, advertise it as this, like, chilling, you know, slash, like, like foreign slasher almost. And it's not. It's, it's incredibly cerebral, and you don't really get into any gore or violence or anything until, like, an hour into the movie. And then you start clipping away and having things dissolve. But even still, it's two and a half hours. So it also, it really takes its time. Yeah, but it honestly doesn't feel like that. It, 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 it does. One of my big complaints is I do feel like you could have trimmed 20 minutes off of it. He actually already had tr- trimmed a half an hour off of it. Well, yeah, to stop to, it from getting an NC-17 rating. I don't have no idea why I would get an NC-17 rating. There's not any penises or, or vaginas or butts or boobs, uh, boobs or in it at all. Guts yeah. or Nothing. anything. Nothing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think... I think this is like a cerebral cabin in the woods. Like that's kind of how I liken it. Cause like, Ooh. I, I I think so because cabin in the woods. I think, and we talked about this when we watched that movie. Changed of, the genre in terms of subverting and a the, genre. Okay, yes, and, go ahead. and the anticipation. We thought it was going to be a movie that followed ABC, but it followed X Y Z instead. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it kind of was. You thought going into it, it was one thing, but it turned out to be something completely different. And so like I would liken it to that, except with the you know, gore and comedy. And it, it was, you know, you really have to think and pay attention to, you know, the, the clues that they leave, if you will. Yeah, like every painting and every piece of art in this movie 
foretells what's going yeah. to happen in the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, things of that nature. It's I never mind a movie that takes its time if it's laying groundwork groundwork and providing the visuals that it does. And there's so much just like in Hereditary, mostly through like the the, the miniature use that this movie doesn't necessarily do. It just uses with its natural environment. Yeah. And also like I love the shot of um just like little tricks. Like I love the shot when she's talking to Pele um right after Josh has told them like she's going and he's telling her about, you know, the trip and then he expresses his condolences and she can't handle it. So she gets up and like walks as she's going to the bathroom. But she actually walks directly into the bathroom of the plane, so they're already on the plane at that point. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, that's... Like, it's beautifully done. It's it, it, it's seamless. It's it, like, seamless. It's so fucking and, great. And, and it lends itself to, oh, this is two weeks have passed, but nothing's changed. Yes. And, it's, yep. and it's... And, like, you get that from less than 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so powerful, and it's done so well that it really does help move the story along. Because mm-hmm. And also, the whole time that they're... In in um, Hagar ha- Hagra. Uh, well, I think it's what like the community is called, but Halsingland is, I believe, That's the actual. So did you say Sweden? Sweden okay, when they're in Sweden, mm-hmm. like that only takes place over like <clears throat> a certain number of days. It's well, the actual festival is supposed to be nine, nine days, but we only get to like day three. Do they, we only get to day three, or right, so is so it I, the time cuts? No, I, no, I, I think I, I don't think we miss any days. I think it literally they get there, then like a day kind of passes because of the drug trips. So let's just say it's two, so then they get to the actual place, then they wake up the next day for the um, the tutspa or whatever it's called, and then the next day Hutzpah. the huxpa. The next day is when like they're trying to leave, and I think by the end of that day is when everything happens to Josh and Mark. And then the next day, I want to say no, it's, it's the, either five or six. I think it's a day in between there. I think it does go the full night. Oh, you're right, days. she gets two sleeping pills. Right, she gets two sleeping pills, but then um, they see the them jump off of the cliff, and that's when... That's what I'm saying, that's the... the uh, and to... Add to... Or whatever. Um, but, but then a day passes, like they sleep, and then Colin and whatever want to leave. Yeah. And then they leave, I think, the next day. No, they leave the... Whatever it is. Yeah, it's a short, t- tight time frame. But I, for, think that, I think that the way that they had the story flow in those scenes, that plane... Like, that... I'm so, so you really like this movie? I did really like it. That... that my, it's my, completely... My first note was, I bet she's in agony. <laughs> no, it was really hard. I, I must say, it was very difficult to watch the beginning part. Is really hard. Anything like that always like triggers me. Um, I don't really know why because I'm alive and having committed suicide, and my mom is here. But you know, I guess it's like that that strained relationship, that strained also, familiar relationship. It's also, I think, in this case, it's treated it so so relatably. Like, Super relatable. It, it feels like a real... Because Florence Pugh is as great as she is. She's amazing. It feels like you're just watching somebody legitimately yeah. go through this yeah. in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's why it's... I always... I mean, I think I'm really empathetic. And I... I like, feel what other people feel. Like, mm-hmm. I feed off of other people's emotions a lot. And, like, you know match their their moods and stuff and just just the way that she conveyed that like when when Christian answers the phone when he's in the restaurant the second time she calls mm-hmm. and that guttural scream yeah. it's just I mean you know it's funny I think the way you described it earlier was a, ra- a way I went back and reread some of the read a discussion in the AMA that he had and people were clipping like actual parts of the screenplay as like examples of things and I think he even puts it that, like, you can feel it in your toes, the yeah. screaming. You can, yeah. and I did. Yeah. And I think that's why that part of it affected me so much. And I felt like that throughout Hereditary because I felt like it was 
a punch after punch after punch, mm-hmm. and this was a knockout punch, and then she gets back up. And mm-hmm. I think that's the whole point of the story. And yeah. yes, there are other things that happen, but I think that the lonely isolation from the beginning of the film versus, and, and progressively, the, phys- the physicality progressively gets more and more intense and at the like towards the end like after she sees Christian and Maja having sex or whatever mm-hmm. and she's screaming mm-hmm. on the floor and they're all hugging her and touching her in mm-hmm. some way I just like I, f- I felt that I felt seen from that you yeah. know what I mean that and was that was the those were the noises by the way that's not but just like, ah, just like yeah. screaming. I was like, well, there's no way I can do that and affect, affect you to the point that will forever yeah, affect yeah. you. Yeah, but oh, again, also, yeah. different. it's just very different. Yeah. I, it, I felt like this, like I could tell this was by the same filmmaker. There's a lot of like yeah. similarities in like the female-driven-ness and everything like that, but I just, it's completely different to me. And I didn't, I didn't say Hereditary was a bad movie. Oh, no, you if still gave it a great score. I think, yeah, I think still I still gave, gave it a, very it a great good score because yeah. I can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm going to cry just talking about it, I think, <laughs> tells you. Like, it does its job, but I, I don't think that this was meant to do the same thing. I don't think this was meant to evoke a physical, visceral reaction in people the same way Hereditary was. I think it, I think it, I think it's still supposed to, but I think well, it's yeah, supposed to. fucked up. But I, but I, no, Ari Aster. No, but I think it's, I think it's, open to how you react to. Whereas Hereditary, I don't see how you could react, but that way. You know what I mean? You didn't. Nobody else. Did. Who else had panic attack? Who else? You know, shaking, crying. I mean, Tony Collette. I mean, she was I doing... almost, <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, he has, for me a very, very long leash with these two first, these first two movies of what I will follow and what I will do afterwards. Like, his, we should go see his next movie in theaters without any knowledge, the two of us. Absolutely not. I believe it's supposed to be a four-hour movie with Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> a thousand percent not. Absolutely. I'll have to go that one by myself, too. Absolutely not. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing. I don't like seeing horror movies in theaters. It's the same reason I didn't see Get Out in theaters, oh, Us in the, theaters. It's the best. I can't. I can't do it. I have to I can be barely in that contain room. myself when I'm at home on the couch. Like, I can't. I can't do that in public. No way. So, like, so like I mentioned earlier, the first hour really takes its time in building up, you know, the agony, the music, the, the world building. Then you have the drug trip. Which that drug trip is one hundred percent the reason why I will never do any hard drugs like that. Mushrooms and I've never what? so I've dabbled in in just basics. weed basics. I will never do an hallucinogen because I do not trust myself. I I just don't. I have Pussy. a no, I have, I have a ridiculous imagination to begin with. Great. And then you put something in me that's going to make me think I got like weeds growing out of my arms. And I'm seeing my dead sister behind me, and my sister's not even dead. <laughs> like it's gonna be weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then everything is drawn out almost to like a taxing point because you're living in real time with their customs and like their processes to kind of get an understanding of how different it is, and looking at it that anthropological way that the characters in the movie are having to do so and then you get to and you just have this feeling of impending doom like you you know that something uncouth is going to happen and then you finally get to the ceremony and that's what it is (laughs) that's the moment where I was like okay I wasn't sure how you were going to be once we got to there it was just nasty I mean yeah it's, it's disgusting I just wasn't expecting that and I, you could have warned me. No, well, it was the whole point. The, the, he, uh, Josh could have warned him in the movie as well. Or no, uh, no, yeah, Josh. I called uh, the boyfriend Josh earlier. It's Christian. Um, yeah, I could have. But why? It goes against the fun. Uh-huh. To get the, the live reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scene is fucking gnarly. Uh, it, it, it's so, so gnarly. And it, and, and... 
and just like just can't even like unrecognizable and then they stuff them with apples it was weird um it was just weird and i love other cultures and i love learning about other cultures and those weird kind of culty pagan things i love like mythology so i don't i I love all that i hate it i love all that kind of stuff for real and I still think it was so straight. Like, they made it foreign enough. And, like, I'm sure there's parts of that that there are definitely parts of these things that actually are a part of the different cultures. Obviously not, like, the sacrifices and things. Well, I, I, but again, from some IMDb and some research and stuff, most of it is myth, but there has been stories dating back to, as you know, of, of them potentially being... True, yeah. Foreign cultures and customs and stuff are just so weird to me. Uh, that's a very white American thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, my biggest, not complaint or critique of the movie, is like the whole anthropological thesis stuff is just a big old skip to me. It basically just felt like they needed something to draw an extra character or two there. To, for a body count and for conflict, it couldn't, it couldn't have just been, like, one guy going for his thesis, inviting his friends to, like, experience it. They all had to, like, psychoanalyze and, like, ask questions that really don't matter to the overall scope of the story besides the fact that you're just giving them reason to kill you when they were already going to do it. <laughs> like, they're all, they were all going to die anyway. Like, it's set up at the end of the movie. The other, the other thing is there are some semantics that we talked about, like the duration of time, which I, I don't have a problem with. But I did have a problem sometimes following, like, what was and was not, like, truth Pre- or lies. Preordained. Or preordained. Yeah. Which, like, again, I, I'm ultimately fine with because it's probably purposeful, but, like, the ceremony is supposed to happen only every 90 years. That's definitely not true. There might be parts of it that only happen 90 years because I obviously have a May Queen every year. They obviously, um, it's pretty widely confirmed that Pele's parents were former sacrifices because he mentions the Danny early movie his parents died in a fire um so obviously his parents that didn't happen 90 years ago um so like and then at the end of the movie we offer four sacrifices from the outside four inside and then one that's chosen like so that they already knew was going to happen before so it's it it gets a little too muddled the uh, the internal movie mythology. If you want to try to sure, like, sure, sure. especially for how meticulous Everything some of the others, uh, the other stuff is, um, that that's a that's a problem uh, for me. But once things fall apart, like drastically, like the last forty five minutes of the movie are like about as close to a perfect movie to me uh, in terms of like a horror movie that I've possibly ever seen, like. It's just, it's a fucking snowball effect of uh, Connie and Colin want to leave and they're separated and then you hear screaming in the background and then Mark pees on the tree and then Josh wants to take a picture of the book and then uh, Mark's face is being worn by some other guy and then it just goes and goes and goes and you go into the May Queen sequence and you go into... What is the weirdest part of the movie, too? Hmm. I think it was the Mark suit. Really? I think that was pretty weird. I didn't expect it to get to that level where they well, I mean, didn't skin help and wear them. Well, and he's also, like, naked as well. Well, and the point of it was, so, I, there's also, like, roles that they all have to play, because at the end of the movie, he's, they, they put his face on another stuffed the being... And no, he's no, got, no. like, a dunce cap on, so yeah, he's yeah. kind of like a jester or, like, right, a fool. Right, it's like Skin the Fool that right. they're playing. Yeah. But, right, right. Like, I know, like, they all have their roles and stuff like that, but I thought, I, I just, I didn't take it literally when I first heard that that's mm-hmm. what they were playing. Um, but then I also think, like, the sex scene was really weird. It, it, but I get it, though. But, like, I get, I get it. You, you get it? I get it. <laughs> Well, because that's also what they said, like, we have to bring in outsiders because 
There's the chance. There is the chance of inbreeding. They save the inbreeding. They save the inbreeding for the, the oracles. For the oracles, right? Which is fucked so up. So they purposefully inbreed for that. So to preserve the bloodlines and to make sure that doesn't happen, and they don't just have a bunch of disabled oracles. Mm-hmm. They bring in outsiders, and that's how they bring in outsiders. So now that child can mate with someone else because it's not, you know. Sure, but that child is also made through what is essentially rape. Um, and drugging, mm-hmm. uh, and done surrounded by a village of encouraging women, encouraging women, a myriad of ages and, and sizes, uh, all naked, all butt ass naked, uh, helping not just with vi- uh, verbal encouragement. At one point, one of them starts pushing his butt <laughs> as yeah, he's on top get, of her. Gotta get in there. Gotta get it in. That, I, I wish I was in a big theater for that moment. Like, I saw this movie on, like, a day off, on, like, a Thursday in the yeah. morning. I wish I was, like, a midnight, big-ass room of people watching that scene, because it had to have been wild. Uh, and he does a great job. So, obviously, we've already influenced Pew, the MVP of the movie, but I think Jack Rayner does a great job as well of he toes this wonderful line of being just the right amount of dickhead... Like like sympathetic no, no, dickhead. No, no, like you. Ne- for so for me, I never sympathized with him once. No, 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 he was sympathetic. Like he was sympathetic to her. Like he wanted to break up with her, but he didn't want to break up with her. Like at that moment. Yeah, he's like, he's like, just this like spineless piece of shit you have to stick with. Yeah, yeah, but like he knows it. Like I don't know. I I I like that yeah. he did that. But if he was, like, truly, like, an asshole, he would have just broken up with her. It doesn't matter. But it's almost like what he did was worse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it makes it worse. And there, he way. does have these moments where, um, there's two or three moments where, like, she really recognizes. In, it's not subtle. Like, what he's doing is subtle, but her reactions to it are not subtle. So you get the point of, like, how, like, repugnant she is towards it. So he's asking about, oh, that's what it was. When Connie, uh, when Colin has left by himself, she's, like, telling him, like, hey, he left. Like, that's kind of a bad thing. He goes, oh, yeah, that's really bad. That's terrible. Like, oh, wow. So back to this thing I was talking to you about. And she's just like, oh, you really don't give a fuck about anybody but, like, what you're doing right now. Yeah, And that was immediately followed up with. That immediately came after, you know, he self-centeredly took Josh's thesis idea and, and forced him to work with him on it. Um, so I think he does a great job because that's also that that leaves you with the shades of gray, like the ambiguousness of where you go of like, like I really don't mind that he's shoved into a bear right, right, and right. burned alive because he Can hasn't done anything. He, yeah, he doesn't deserve that, but he also doesn't deserve to not do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I kind of got it. That's also like one of the greatest, like most fucked up ending things is. They just—they had to put him in a bear. <laughs> they had to skin this bear, make him wear a bear. It's the whole thing of rebirth, I guess. I guess. I and don't the, really it's, know what the significance. So the movie is also another thing I like about this movie, possibly more than Hereditary. I still think Hereditary is probably a better overall movie, but I think I enjoy them equally. Is this movie is also quietly fucking hilarious. So it has so many throwaway moments that are played up four laughs to kind of lighten the mood. Like, at one point, the woman walks in and goes, the kids are going to watch Austin Powers? Like, why the fuck are you going to Austin Powers? Yeah. Uh, they call, there's the, the bear call out earlier. It was like, well, I don't even want to know why there's a bear there. And you don't see anything of it until the end of the movie. Right, right. Um, there's uh, the pube stuff. And, uh, I mean, just, just, just the thing of, yeah, I think I ate one of her pubes, and then just cut the scenes over. Um, but then there's also, uh, the, the totally fucking awkward birthday, uh, song that he sings to her because he forgot her birthday. He can't light the candle. Like, it's so, like, cringe funny. But also you have Will Poulter, who is also fantastic in this movie, as just such a fucking piece of shit. But he honestly, like, embodies all Americans who, like, don't know and don't care to know. He's there to fuck. Vape. He's like it's a date. He's like it's a dead tree, like what? It doesn't matter. That's not even like like even be like everything before that. 
Like, everything out of his mouth is like, dude, shut up. <laughs> You're such yeah. a fucking, like, mouth-breathing idiot. And he's so mean when it comes to, like, the, just the presence of Danny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, he, but he's also legitimately funny, like, in, like, the, um, the drug scene where he's like, I can't deal with new people right now. Like, yeah, yeah. everything out of his mouth is very, very funny in this movie, up until when he's being worn as an, uh, by another person. Um, was there anything you didn't necessarily like about the movie? explanation for some things I kind of accepted because it was like I wasn't the only one confused like the characters were also yeah, it, confused it, it, it's purposeful it's purposeful right it was purposely done and so I didn't like it at first but then I was like oh but I get I get like mm-hmm. those choices like everyone like all of the women had like different runes on their dresses and shoes and they didn't really explain what all the runes were like if there was any other meaning behind them and stuff yeah. like that but you know, she didn't know. I, you know, like, like you weren't meant to know. Like, and when they said some things in Swedish, like, you know, we weren't really sure what was happening there. Um, but so, so not really overall, though. Um, did you have a favorite scene or or moment? I really like the dance scene. The May the May, Qua- the May, the May Queen, Queen sequence scene. is. I really liked that. Such a fucking trip. I really liked. I just really love like some of these visuals that they did. Um, with like just like the using the, the use of darkness and of light, and um, after her her parents and sister die, like when she when her and Christian are on the couch, Danny and Christian are on the couch, and she's like crying mm-hmm. and snowing outside, and then it just like zoom like closes up on that, mm-hmm. and then it just like a turns bright, everything yeah. turns bright, um, and it kind of. Stays that way, I think. For there's a lot of so. The rest of it. There's not a single shot of the sun in the movie. It's crazy, um, <laughs> but, but but I think one of my favorite scenes also was when the car is driving, and then it turns upside down. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just like everything gets tilted, and, but I just think that one shot, and it just you see it turning, and then you yeah. see it turning again, and it's just like they go under the sign that welcomes them, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. You thought that was really well done. So I really like the visual effects of this Oh, yeah, movie. it's... Um, it's so... pleasurable to watch, which is so odd to amazing say about a, to say about a movie that's so... Odd about a Dreadful horror. and odd. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's such a treat to watch it and read things and then, like, search them out so... There's so many little moments like when she's been named the May Queen and they're carrying her on that pedestal. There's a superimposed shot of her sister with the thing on her face in the trees. Like you have to like really look and pay attention for it. And I still missed the second time we watched it. I remember hearing about it, looked for it, couldn't find it, then found it online. I was like, oh fuck, there it is. Um, there's. Oh yeah, like you said, just such good use of vibrance. Like, horror movies are bathed where you're squinting to see things. Yeah, they're dark. And they're, then they're... and then and then they rely on the jump scare to then like, oh, there's something. Like, this movie doesn't do that. It does it a couple times. There, but, there's, but it's not... A, it's not... Like, there's they're not jump the scares. Mirror. There's something there, but it's subtle. Like, it's not like it's a jump scare. It's just like... You're not sure if something is there or not, yeah. and it's using the shadows in the space. Another thing I love that he does is he makes sure, like, if he has, like, talking, like, talking head scenes almost, that they're framed so wonderfully. Where, like, it's framed on Florence Pugh, and she's talking to Christian, but you see him through, like, the, the, the mirror. mirror. Same thing later on when he's talking to, to the guys about her, um, what? Did you just hear a noise? No, I don't. Why are you fucking with me? No, I didn't. I heard... It, the computer went off. Computer. Our Amazon thing. 
that didn't happen. You're fucking with me. No, I didn't. No, I swear to God, I just heard it in my ear. You haven't had ears for five years. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you see him like through like the window, like talking about it. Like, yeah, it's just smart. It's yeah, just so yeah. Good. It, it's it's an interesting way to watch those scenes that are traditionally not interesting to yeah. watch. Did you take anthropology at any point in your school? I took a uh, sociology. And the difference is social versus Fuck you. Anthro. Anthro. Uh, I, I took anthropology in IB uh, in my junior year. Why? Hated it. It's not your thing at all. No, it I uh, it was required. You guys were required to take anthropology? I That's think, probably why y'all are dumb. No. Well, our teacher was also, she was fucking wild. Uh, we learned about the Trobrianders in, uh, uh, somewhere in Africa. I didn't pay attention. Um, I don't remember why. So, the way IB worked was in your junior and senior year, there, like, you didn't have any electives. But, like, I think there that's was... That's terrible. Oh, no, it was terrible. That's so sad. That's why, that's why I started doing, uh, my junior year it was like that. My senior year... At least I had the ability to, you know, do other things. That's why I did drama, and then I was an office aide. You're um, full of shit. What? Oh, the reason I took drama is because I finally got to do an elective. Well, That's what you're going with? My freshman and sophomore year wasn't drama yet. I did newspaper. I tried to keep up with the newspaper in junior year, but there was a new teacher I didn't like. So when I had them again in senior year, I took drama instead. I only took drama the one year. Got it. Um, but... For junior year, it wasn't that you necessarily had, like, an elective. They were, it was like a bank of IB classes. I could be totally wrong here. And I think the options were pretty shitty. Sure. So, uh, anthropology, or, like, depending on what your school was and who the teachers that were certified, it's how it fell into line. So, it's about a theory of knowledge class, which was also a bunch of horseshit. Um, but, yeah, if, I, I don't know. It's just not, not for me. If you could go somewhere and, like, learn about culture or person or people where would you want to go i mean honestly it would probably be this have fun not anymore (laughs) no Uh, i would never ever 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 although i am really interested in like the danish way of life like the danes are are supposed to be like the happiest people in the world and like culturally and and everything so i would be interested in that but not from a historical standpoint Mm -hmm. um i would i mean i love like ancient Egypt and, and ancient Greece, I think those would be really, really cool. Um, and do. obviously, like, the history of, like, England. Yeah. Jack the Ripper. I just wanted to say Jack the Ripper in a British accent. Uh, another moment, it's not, like, necessarily a scene, don't look at me like that, <laughs> that I really liked is right before all the shit really starts to hit the fan, there's the moment of, like, the four of them sitting down to eat. And they're all just miserable in their own way. That's a way. great scene, yeah. Where, like, he's sitting... Uh, so, uh, Josh is sitting there, and he's angry because Christian's, you know, taking his assignment. Mark's sitting there, uh, and, and Ulf is staring at him because he pissed on his ancestors. Uh, Christian is just, like, naturally uneasy about everything because also his drink is a different color than everyone else's, and he's Don't eating a fucking cube. Me. It's menstrual blood. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh I kept shocked I got through that for as long as I did. And then Danny is just um, about the Connie and Colin situation, and then also everything's going on with Christian. And it's just you sit with them for, like, a good solid, like, minute. And I love and the, how... And all the other stuff that's going on around them, you know. I love how they're all next to each other. And mm-hmm. that's, like, it's just, like, one humongous table, and, like, mm-hmm. they're all just sitting next to each other, and, like... That they were just on that end that didn't have anybody across from them or anything, yeah. so it's like they were kind of stuck in that too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like yeah. there was anyone else they could really talk to or interact with, right? Absolutely. And, and so yeah, I think that was really well done. It's really hard to make an LVP. I mean, we got to name one, we got to figure it out. Um, but I, I've been nothing but extolling most of the cast. I mean, Florence Pugh, we've already said, is a surefire MVP. But she's, absolutely, just she's the emotional way sensational, and the fact that like the last half hour of the movie, she be, doesn't speak. Neither does he. Like, there's no words. Yeah, and it's just you still get every Everything. inch of it, right? Yeah. Like, it's still amazingly done. 
But no, I mean, I think even all the supporting people, I think they all played their parts really well. I really liked the guy who played Pele. I thought, I thought was, he was great. I thought he was great. I thought it was that perfect combination of, like, that inviting... Affable. Affable charisma. Like, mm-hmm. like genuine. But it's too good to be true. Too good to be true. He knew what was going to happen. Of course. And, That's um, his job. He's leading them there. Yeah, but I just thought he did that so well. And when you compare it to, like, his brother, like... Ingmar, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, you don't get to see much of. You don't get to see much of, but I don't. I didn't feel it the same way. Like you don't really get that much of Pele. You get a couple of scenes. We get the couple scenes specifically with Danny, where he's basically trying to woo her. Right. I, I think honestly. So if you read a little bit more about like the script and kind of like what's implied, so Pele is actually the person who kills. Uh, Josh mm. is what it has in like the script and what like I apparently get a glimpse of. So he's the one that takes him out for you know trying to take their uh, sacred their sacred documents back to you know wherever. Um, but it's obvious that he's taken a liking to Danny and wants her to be with him in this community in this society, um, and how he goes about succeeding essentially yeah. in, in doing that. Is, is kind of crazy and creepy and, and, and wonderfully done. Yeah. Um, I already mentioned Will Poulter, who I really, really like. I already mentioned Jack Rayner, who I really, really like. Um, if I had to name an LVP, I'd probably go with the guy that plays Josh, William Jackson Harper, just because he just felt like he didn't fit to me. I only other thing I know him from is from The Good Place, um, which I've never seen, mm-hmm. but I just recognize him, and he looks just like a comedic actor. I don't think he necessarily, like, fit or added much at any point. But he also didn't take away. I, I don't. I don't know if there's any other person in the the cult that has a standing to make a case. Yeah. The only. I was gonna say. I remember not liking Colin initially. But then, like, watching it and, like, seeing and hearing his freak out, I'm like, no, that sounds about right. Like, that's what I would probably do. And also give the guy a break. He ends up being a fucking blood eagle at the end of the movie. So, you know? That was gross. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't too keen on on Colin or... uh, Connie. Connie. Yeah. I I wasn't too keen on them, but but I don't know if that just was because they weren't the main characters. They were side characters. You kind of knew what was going to happen to them Mm kind of thing. So, like, you didn't get too attached. so, So, I... I don't know if I would necessarily blame them for yeah. that. Um, yeah, and then everyone in the commune didn't really do enough. And when they did, like, I liked I Siv. I still liked, yeah. Like, yeah, as like, kind of like the, 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 the leader, but the matriarch. Yeah. I liked her. Same thing with Ode. Like, he kind of was, like, quirky to where, like, you kind of were okay with whatever he like, was doing. No, but but the truck is going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> like, like... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it would be the least dynamic part of the main cast. I yeah, which I would, would which be him. All right, so William Jackson Harper, the LVP of Midsommar. Um, and I also chalked that up to the fact that, like, his deal was the one that I just didn't sure, get sure. into the most. Yeah. And I, I could attribute that partially to his performance in some ways of just, I didn't feel as passionate about it and... Yeah, um, yeah but I mean, I still think it's overall a really great cast. And the fact oh, yeah, that that's no, the it's, first thing we have to do is... It's very, very well done. Um, yeah, I'm going to briefly read to you... Uh, oh, boy. Uh, the film is described as an intimate, decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. That is his next movie, Disappointment Boulevard. Starring Joaquin Phoenix and Nathan Lane. Oh, wow. And Parker Posey. That's going to be so weird. Ooh, Michael Gandolfini. Richard Kind! Give me an Ari Aster Richard Kind movie. It's a four-hour nightmare comedy. Sign me the fuck up. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, what else? I'm Midsommar. I feel like this is kind of... It's going to be disappointing to people that you, like... Oh, yeah, no, I, I was going to say, so you're just, much. like, anticlimactic. All right, now like, let's watch the real movie. You built this up. <laughs> yeah, add in the 30-minute director cut, and I'll be a mess on the floor. It's not the 
first time I've like liked a movie you thought I was gonna hate. I know I I've never want you to hate it. The same thing like you, you didn't hate Hereditary. You're able to appreciate it. And you're able to also yeah, recognize like. Yeah, you're just want me to like, fucking have a panic attack. That's yes, not nice. That that that's not is nice. good entertainment. Not nice. You have to take an extra Xanax. It's also not nice to put somebody through this who already has mental problems. Look. Challenging cinema. <laughs> you don't even know what that means. Yes, I do. What? It's film that challenges you. Ah. <laughs> ah. There's a box on my head. Score, score time. Go on. Um, I, I would like to know what I gave Hereditary. I think I know what I gave Hereditary. Pretty sure you gave it a 10. No, I didn't give it a 10. I what, think I gave it a when 9. When did we watch that? Last year? Yeah, last year. Ugh, I don't even want to look it up. I've like purged it from... <laughs> From my, I purged it from my list. Here. I gave it a. That's rude. You gave it a nine. That's why I thought I gave it a nine. Well, I only gave that a seven and a half. Yeah, because the uh, the tears really got me, <laughs> like the panic. Like I. I'm very happy you enjoyed this. Uh, what? I'm just like thinking about hereditary. I'm just like starting <laughs> to freak out. And I had a, I had a terrible day when it was on framed. I got it in the first fucking frame because it was like... Well, it's the post. Yeah, you're going to get on the post. Of course you're going to get on the fucking post. No, but still, made me have a terrible day because thinking about it. Well, Lisa, she didn't, you know. I'm also going to give this a nine. I, I think, I said it before, I think Hereditary is the better movie. But I think Midsommar is going to age a little better and is is... Makes up for being not as good of a movie as Hereditary for being, to me, as entertaining and as enthralling of just a what-the-fuckery type movie. So I like this way better than Hereditary. I know you do. And, you know, I enjoyed it more. I, I still... still hard for me to talk about the other movie, but um, I like this. I think it was so beautiful. I really appreciated the visuals of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the use of color and, and, and the storytelling and everything. I really enjoyed this. I'm going to give this movie an eight and a half. Okay. 8.75. What a, what a twist here for... Swerve! <laughs> Samantha liked Midsommar! <laughs> I gotta have one every, every episode. Damn it. Um, yeah. I... Want to like rewatch this with you, and now I can just like we can talk about it and enjoy it. Talk, yeah, I know it's been hard. Um, well, how about it, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't know how to end it. I don't you're not, like making fun of me. I was just gonna have to get up and get tissues, and no, you know, you're still yelling at me. In case, just in, case. Uh, in case, in case things took well, a turn. Uh, maybe next week we'll get you with the Baba Duke. <laughs> Definitely, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a panic attack. Or at least the you. or at least the week afterwards, Richard Jewell. Uh, just, oh no! Oh, Clint Eastwood still make movies. I'm not gonna be able to survive. So that's the next two weeks on the show, Baba Duke and Richard Jewell. Plus, we got some other good stuff coming up for you very very soon down the pike. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you as always go go to arcadeo.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe. Patreon.com slash Audio for bonus content. Facebook.com slash Movies at MaryWMovies on Twitter. MaryWMovies at gmail.com unless you're of the show. For me, at your host, Mel 3D on Instagram. For you, at Jam with your Sam. Arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggo for my retro wrestling diary. This week is... Uh, what is still that? 1996. Yo, for cool. You got still another, like, four months of it. A WWF in your house international incident. It's a show. You're going to wait. When you say four more months of it, like you have four more months left in 1996 or you're going to be doing 1996 for the next four months of 2022? I have to look at my book. I do believe I'm in 1996 until like at least June or July. Because right now I'm in July of 96. But there's two shows a month. So August, September, October, November. So another 10 weeks. Yeah. Got another 10 weeks of 96. Cool. I told you this is how it's going to be for a while now. Oh, boy. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I'm sorry. On the couch. On a couch.
well, I don't care anymore. You, I, I wasn't done. Like kind of like, hey, any, any final thing? Oh, yet, I'm so know? sorry. Well, no, it's silly now. It's. If, if I didn't. I never have any final things. I know. So I don't. But I'm a creature of habit. That's why I made you redo the show because I thought I misheard it earlier. No, you didn't think you misheard it. You did mishear miss it. it. And then you still did it wrong on purpose. <laughs> Fuck you. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.